2: if you just read the bio for dr steve host of weird medicine on sirius xm 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows
0: Opie and anthony and ron and fez you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of a you know a, a clown
3: your show was better when you had medical questions
0: Eight. I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose I've got the leprosy of the heart valves, Exacerbating my incredible woes I want to take my brain out And blast it with the wave An ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave I want a magic pill for all my ailments The health equivalent of Citizen Kane And if I don't get it now in the tablet I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane I want a requiem my disease. So I'm paging Dr. Steve. Dr. Steve.
2: It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, traditional Chinese medical practitioner who gives me street cred with the wacko alternative medicine assholes. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And we also have in the studio PA Lydia. We're going to talk to her in a little bit about the uh, Project Argo.
1: Task force God time. dang it,
2: I get it wrong every time. <laughs> this is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question, you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider. Or if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347 766 4323. That's 347 347- Pooh Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at DR Scott WM. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, practical nurse, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. See, if you screw up, you just keep doing it and make it look like you meant to do it. Uh, Don't forget stuff.drsteve.com for all your holiday shopping needs. Uh, Stuff.drsteve.com. If you go there, you can click right through to Amazon uh, and shop there. Or you can scroll down and see all the stuff we talk about on this show. That really helps keep us on the air, to be honest with you. Also, uh, if you need some stocking stuffers, please don't forget tweakedaudio.com. Use offer code FLUID, F-L-U-I-D, for 33% off. Uh, the best earbuds on the market for the price, and the best customer service anywhere. And uh, check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. That's simplyherbals.net. So, PA Lydia, did you notice I said physician assistant, not physicians assistant? I
1: did. Thank you for were not you, being possessive. Were you
2: delighted by that? I was impressed and delighted. <laughs> I, yes, I said it wrong. If you oh, he, just read the bio, for oh, the- we had a. Oh, sorry, uh, uh, Sid. Um, I had a my partner who started the show with me was a PA, PA John. And I said physician's assistant for years, and he never said a word. After he left and became BM John, he became a brewmaster, Uh, then uh, he'd been gone for some time, and uh, uh, one of our listeners called and said his wife got mad every time she listened to the show because I said a physician's assistant. So, yeah, so I I learned my lesson on it. So you can teach an old dog new tricks. So anyway, okay. so yes, so welcome, physician assistant Lydia. And uh, don't forget to check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net, uh, Simplyherbs.net. So uh, Lydia, before we get into the hilarity that is our Halloween um, uh, edition of the show, uh, let's talk a little bit about why you're here. And so we got talking, I don't even, how in the hell did we start talking about this? You sort of reached out to me about this and then this is something I'm actually very interested in
1: yeah so I actually reached out to you because uh, I was trying to get to Joe Rogan oh that's <laughs> and I had what no it was. idea yes, yes, that yes. you had a radio show uh, yeah, other than it's... the fact that you were at perhaps one time in radio oh, right, right and right. so ultimately I was given uh, your clearance to learn about your radio show and thank <laughs> you very much for having me here
2: yeah just keep it on the DL
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Because
2: what I do is if someone at work finds out about this or if I need to tell them about it, the first thing I do is have them come on the show so they've got as much to lose as I do.
1: Well, <laughs> we're even. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: but anyway, yeah. Uh, so, yes, you, you knew I used to have a connection with Joe Rogan, and uh, I haven't talked to Joe in ages. He used to have my phone number when we went to see him in Asheville. He called me to see if I got the free tickets that he didn't leave for us at the Will Call office, which was hilarious. I said, you know, we were sitting in our seats. Thank God I had bought tickets and then he called me and he's like doctor you know steve did you get the tickets i left for you and it's like what tickets they didn't know they looked at me like i was an idiot and he well you know joe's a stoner so he just you know and whatever <laughs> so
1: might have been his prank for you anyway. yeah
2: maybe 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 it was it was quite funny but um uh but yeah since he went to spotify and then we just kind of haven't talked to each other in a while but i do Still, every once in a while, I have a connection with Brian uh, Redman, who is—I don't want this to be uh, turned into a hostile workplace kind of situation, since we do work together, but um, he knows that I am an expert on the science behind female ejaculation, um, so—and—oh, wait. That's the wrong draw. No, I wanted this one. (laughs) So, uh, and this keeps coming up, whether it's urine or is it something else, and I've done the science on it, and I've discussed it on multiple radio shows and stuff, and whenever it comes up again in the news, Brian Redman will say, Dr. Steve covered this ages ago, which is cool. It's really cool of him to do that. So, uh, but anyway, so what you were interested in talking to him about is something he should talk to you about, and it's this thing, Task Force Argo. So, uh, most people have seen the movie Argo, which I'm assuming that's where this got its name. Sure. So, just tell us a little bit about Task Force Argo and your involvement in it.
1: Yeah, so I guess everyone hopefully is aware, or at least was aware at one time when it was in the media uh, about Afghanistan and the Taliban. Yeah, taking you just back stole over. one
2: of the jokes I, I was going to have. Is what I thought. You
1: thought it was over, right? Done? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's gone.
2: uh, I thought this was taken care of. We've been told, at least by the media, isn't covering it anymore, that there were people left in Afghanistan. I'm shocked. Shocked. I know.
1: (laughs) I think around uh, August 31st, there were supposed to be less than 100, but... uh, What's the real number? Oh, uh, hundreds. I mean, I personally know of about 70 U.S. citizens and green card holders. Okay.
2: So we're not talking tens of thousands of people oh, not that yeah. that i'm I, yeah. i'm not trying to minimize anything but we're talking we're, we're down into the hundreds to low thousands at this point
1: i would say that yeah. okay
2: okay so yeah. th- that's a good place to start we don't want to leave anybody behind so sure. tell us tell us tell us about this yeah, sorry so, i keep interrupting you. and
1: I, and so it, it's a volunteer, completely volunteer effort uh, a, a great mix of veterans people in the intelligence community law enforcement folk uh, who have essentially started uh, a digital Dunkirk, you know, where we're evacuating Ooh. people uh, well, through like our that. computers and through our cell phones. Okay. Uh, so we have this huge network uh, where we're able to connect 24-7 on messaging apps and arrange these gigantic evacuations. You know, we arrange uh, mass transit of people f- between cities. How? uh, uh
2: Can you say or should Uh, you not say?
1: So it's a it's a collaboration between people who are on the ground in Afghanistan Mm -hmm. uh, and people in America. Yeah. So there's funding involved. And then uh, ultimately, we're able to connect with all of our refugees or the people who need evacuation. So whether they're U.S. citizens, uh, green card holders, their families or allies. So people who have worked with the United States government and are now at risk uh, for being beheaded. Oh, by yeah. the Taliban, yeah. so uh, you know the the lay volunteers, which there are about two hundred, well, one hundred and sixty of us in Argo right now, uh, are in com- constant communication with the families or the people who need to be evacuated, mm-hmm. and then our leaders are able to arrange uh, different transit and housing. And so, are you uh, all
2: chartering the planes and stuff too?
1: We are, yeah. So we work through an airline. Uh, Achieve funding, which has been the most difficult thing of late because we do not get any help from that from the State Department yeah. um, for various reasons. Yeah, so once we achieve the funding, we are able to coordinate efforts uh, through the airline company and uh, We have all of the people's documents. We put them on a manifest. That manifest uh, was already vetted by us. Mm -hmm. So we know we're not bringing terrorists to (laughs) outside of (laughs) Afghanistan. And then that's sent to the State Department for final clearance. And then they're evacuated to a lily pad country. For further processing.
2: Okay. So do you have planes on the ground in Afghanistan or they have to get across the border somehow to then get flown
1: out? Uh, It is. So uh, we primarily partner with an airline company that uh, will land in Afghanistan. And so we fly out of Afghanistan to another country. Hmm. Yeah. wow incredible yeah it's pretty bizarre how'd you
2: get involved in this
1: i saw a face so i saw a facebook post right at yeah. a time when a ton of veterans like i knew a veteran who actually committed suicide over this who yeah. had spent a lot of time in afghanistan and knew that the people that he worked with mm-hmm. his trans whose interpreters were being beheaded um and had essentially no hope that the u.s government would honor the, the promise to get them out Ugh. um for for many reasons right it's perhaps not all malicious um
2: Yeah. Well, I'm assuming it's not malicious. It's just there are other words for it.
1: Yeah. So anyway, I saw a post saying, hey, if anyone need or if anyone could uh, give a little time and help with some paperwork uh, for Afghans who need to get out Mm -hmm. or U.S. citizens who need to get out, you know, send a signal to this number. And uh, I had no idea what Signal was, so I just texted the number and said, this is a signal that I am here to help, <laughs> right? Uh, which, signal being uh, the
2: secure app.
1: Uh, Yeah, right. which, uh, you know, encrypted there are, there app are, there are various apps that are utilized. So um, yeah. anyway, I ultimately figured out what encrypted apps were, and now I'm in this world. So I got in, and I very quickly realized that these people are in communication with people at the Kabul airport who are trying to get through gates and being beaten and and tear gassed by the Taliban. Wow. Uh, U.S. citizens, and so quickly realized this is not paperwork. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah,
2: and not just—it's not playtime. No, I mean you're no. committing to something that's real.
1: Absolutely, and I—I I th- I think there are four of us civilians in the group right now. There might be a, a couple more, uh, but at the time, I was one of the only civilians, or at least someone who was not married to someone in the military. So, yeah. uh, the the mil speak or military speak is really fascinating. Yeah, lots to me. of acronyms and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. They very kindly uh, explained to them, so now I would really like to. Just just use the word copy and ro- and Roger and Wilco <laughs> okay. and everyday life, but I, c- I can only do that in my yeah. I assumed
2: you apps. were a veteran when I first heard you talking about this because no. you have picked up some of that.
1: Uh, a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah Cause it's 24 seven. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. So then I quickly got a family of my own to shepherd or be a handler for. Mm-hmm. And um, after a series of very crazy setbacks was eventually able to get he and his family uh, to Abu D- uh, to another to another country.
0: They're okay. in Abu Dhabi right now. Wow! So
2: wow! Yeah, well done. me one of those. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I mean, we're talking about real human beings. Sure. And it's you think of it's just hard to imagine. We in this country, we have no idea, and the thing is. What's scary to me, and it's because we were there, what, 20 some years, right? Yeah, 20 years. There are people that were born there that are now 20 years old that have never known anything different than what they had. And now this is a big shock.
1: Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's uh, most of the people uh, are pretty young, that are getting out so yeah. or that are trying to get out. So I mean these are people having having babies. We've had several women have babies during this where we're arranging their medical care and sending midwives over. And at the same time, you know, that first family that I mentioned, they had a two week old son with bullets and potaigo. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to tell them, Hey, I need you to get on this mode of transportation, go over some mountains and go sit in a in a place that is unfamiliar to you for two weeks in, in one room yeah. until I can get you out. Yeah. Right. And, and get your baby for me. And
2: you're doing this directly. Yeah. It's not like you're just raising money and they oh, funnel no. it and I'm, somebody else is doing work. I'm ch- I'm you're chatting, doing this I'm stuff. chatting
1: with them. Uh, they, they call my cell phone, text constantly. I'm. Uh, you know when they get when I have to tell them sorry the plane's not going to take off today because of yeah. some problem with the Taliban, the Taliban's fighting one another and you know we have to delay a whole another day and go mm. back to the family and say I'm sorry you have to yeah. stay in this room another mm. day, mm. you know we'll try to keep you safe another day. And they say God, maybe this is supposed to be a fate. comedy
2: show. <laughs> sorry, no, it's okay. Uh, no, it's okay. This is this is the real deal. Yeah, and it's not just the Taliban, of course. It's you ISIS-K. know you got ISIS K and
1: sure. Yeah. So uh, it's a uh, poverty very interesting poverty. We just, had uh, there was know. a two year old that recently starved to death um, where our team member just had no idea that the family was was hungry. And yeah. so there's a big initiative right now to support getting blankets for people. Yeah, um, We're constantly trying to find safe houses uh, because the Taliban does frequent raids throughout all the districts. And looks for anyone with any involvement or ties to America. Hmm. And if they find that, it is not good.
2: Yeah. So when do we know that the job is done?
1: Well, that's a little bit difficult, right? Because we can't get everyone out of Afghanistan. Though that would be nice. Apparently not. Okay. Uh, You know, there are a finite number of people who qualify for the special immigrant visas. There are a finite number of relatives of American citizens. Uh, so, uh, we are hopeful that there would be some endpoint. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah.
2: So, if people want to help with this, let's say they don't necessarily want to be on Wicker texting with somebody trying to get them out, but they want to <laughs> help. Yeah. You know, what? What do they do?
1: So, first thing, we just started trying to to get some support for after people get out. So we're we're trying to build up some immigration attorneys, so feel free to contact uh, TaskForceArgo.com. Uh, there's, a, there's a contact page there or a contact link there if you'd be willing to help with some of these families. Um, and then the second would be certainly to donate because all of the funds, you know, are there, it goes through a 501, what is it, 501 3C or something? Yeah, whatever, I don't know. One of those things. For financial people. Anyway, tax deductible, but all of the funds go specifically to getting to supporting our allies okay. and American citizens, uh keeping them safe until we can get them. So the no hell one's out. on salary? No, it's it's completely volunteer. <laughs> this is the the worst job I've ever had. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, that's good. You know, if you have a a a um, cause where, you know, twenty percent is going somewhere and the rest is going to salaries and those kinds of things, you you're less inclined to to um uh to donate scott can you put up the screen that has um lydia's information on it i think it's the regular two shot for the people who are I watching live. but um yeah so
1: www.taskforceargo.com
2: taskforceargo.com and i guess you can just donate money if, sure. if that's your thing. If
1: that's your thing, you can donate. And energy. you can actually get
2: involved too. I mean, do they are. Are they looking for? Uh, mainly Danes to actually help.
1: Uh, mainly looking for <laughs> immigration attorneys interested in interested okay. in pro bono work <laughs> right, right now. Okay. Yep. Uh, not really. We, we have a, a lot of very good volunteers, and uh, it takes a while to to train. And I think we're okay on that right now.
2: Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Awesome. What else do sure. you want to say about it? You said you had a hilarious story.
1: I mean, it's funny now. <laughs> it a, might have made on me your like
2: laughing caps. Everyone think life. I was
1: going to like die at the time. So uh, back when I was an, an, a newbie at this in August, we were you know, I had this this first family. And several people had been doing it for a couple of weeks, but I was very nervous. And and so I have this guy, this newborn baby that's got uh, bullous impetigo. Uh, the mom isn't producing Tell milk. Tell people
2: what bullous impetigo So is.
1: he essentially had a, a staph infection in his groin and these huge abscesses. Mm. Newborn baby, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a stigma even in America about breastfeeding and the mom wasn't able to breastfeed. And so I was convincing him, hey, Your kid's not gaining weight at this point. Like, you got to go get some formula. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, he did. You know, I just explained to him, man, not every woman can breastfeed. Yeah. So a little bit taboo to talk talk with him about his wife uh, breastfeeding, but we did it. Yeah. Anyway, so just a difficult kind of situation. And he was very scared to leave uh, because I was asking him to travel to a faraway city and essentially wait somewhere for a plane that we may or may not have. You know, but uh, also if he were, if if Taliban came to knock on his door, he would be a goner, yeah. right? So anyway, I finally uh, convinced him to go. And then uh, unfortunately, there was no seat on the bus for him. So I had to say, God, I'm really sorry, but you waited too long. Uh, you, you know, we can't take you right now. Then a bus uh, seat finally opened up, right? So I'm like, okay, you got to get your wife, get your baby and get out of there. So, so someone
2: is telling you. How many seats are on this bus? Yeah,
1: we have a list for everything.
3: Okay, oh, my.
2: and
1: and I you know you send out a It's Really code. well organized. It's extremely well organized. Man, these these women. Because that's
3: the only way to do it. of men, said, you know, they're,
1: we call them the Holy Trinity at the top, or mm. the mean women. They're like these three women that run the show. There are some guys too, but anyway, they're so organized. <laughs> uh, so they give us the passcodes and and the core GPS coordinates to share with everyone. So anyway, I finally tell them, hey, dude you're in luck you got Mm -hmm. you got like a seat on this bus yeah get there yeah yeah he had to pass like 12 taliban checkpoints Mm -hmm. to get from his house to the bus and so he's like okay i'm i'm going i'm going Mm -hmm. then he goes radio silent for like two freaking hours Mm. two hours so the buses with 500 people in them are waiting and waiting finally they have to leave he's never he's never there Uh, So three hours later he comes on He says Lydia I'm so sorry As soon as I left my mom Who the mom didn't want him to go The mom was flipping out My mom had a heart attack
2: Oh my goodness
1: Bullshit Oh really Right Oh, okay. so Anyway, oh, well. I was
2: just gonna say, yeah, this is a that's hilarious yeah. story.
1: Yeah. So it's it's <laughs> a little bit uh, like dark humor, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, my mom, my sister called me. My mom had a heart attack. I had to take her to the hospital. Fortunately, the doctor said everything's fine. <laughs> of course. I'm like, yeah, that's great. He's like, well, when can I go? I'm like, yeah. yeah, that was your trip, dude. Oh, that was that, that was your trip. Yeah. Fortunately, a few weeks later, we were able to to actually get him and <laughs> get <Yeah>. him out. <laughs> He just needed. <laughs> it's a to, roller coaster. He was the most unlucky dude. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Well, he he just needed to, uh, I guess, either see you guys if you guys were serious, or just get his his courage up.
1: Well, you know, and that go. you know that's the thing.
2: I mean, it's uh, impossible for us to know. how we no one in this country can imagine what that would be like.
1: Yeah, the and that's difficult too with, you know, talking about the state department who are, who the state department is evacuating people, yeah. right? But they're not taking the family. They're not taking the parents. And in in the Afghan culture, the the family unit, the immediate family includes the parents and the siblings. Mm-hmm. And in American culture, we're kind of like, well, you know yeah see we- you granny bye <laughs> wife and kids hello well, well there goes and old so, papa exactly.
3: hell he's old anyway
1: exactly it's not as easy for them <laughs> to just pick up and leave their mom yeah you know who may be yeah. sick so good thing about argo is we take the parents and the siblings and consider them immediate family
2: okay awesome so uh projectargo.com
1: taskforceargo.com again
2: with the project argo
1: keeping me on my toes Yeah,
2: <laughs> www.taskforceargo.com all right check my out thank you all right very good thank you well you know you came during our halloween episode but i just got this tweet and i didn't see this this is from september colin quinn uh tweeted out i got covid again vaccinated twice and had covid last thanksgiving no symptoms but tested positive, apologized to anyone that came near me this week. And then he at tweeted the comedy seller USA. And of course, like all of Colin tweets, he got 86 retweets, 20 quote retweets and the 1200 likes. And uh, so, and so somebody sent that to me and said, surprised. And it's like, no, I'm not surprised. I mean, the same thing happened to me. I got vaccinated twice. I was in the Pfizer trial. I got um, almost a year to the day when I got COVID. And then I got COVID. I got the antibodies, and I'm fine. I didn't die. My um, partner, who I'm doing a video with, by the way, to promote monoclonal antibodies and early remdesivir and molnupiravir, which are you know treatments that we give people early, um, uh, two of them not – fully approved yet but the one certainly is um but with my partner in uh, uh you know at, at the hospital she is half my age has a autoimmune disorder her primary care didn't think to send her for the monoclonal antibodies She's still screwed up she got it around mm-hmm. the same time i did we mm-hmm. didn't get it from each other mm-hmm. She actually had it before I did, but I know where I got it from, and I was fully PPE'd up, so that's not a hundred percent either. Nothing is a hundred percent, by the way, if, for everybody. Just if that's a great statement, right? Nothing, really, just, nothing. nothing
1: is a hundred percent. Yeah, not even that statement.
2: But um, I uh, had lost humoral immunity. So humoral immunity is antibodies. Mm-hmm and when those wane it, you're more likely to catch the virus to be infected but the cellular immunity never goes away so uh I had b cells Colin Quinn had b cells and t cells and uh you know you notice he had an asymptomatic infection mm-hmm. he's you know around our age i guess he's probably younger than me a little bit i guess i don't know look how look up how old Colin Quinn is okay. well you know what hell with that let's ask echo Echo, how old is Colin Quinn?
0: Colin Quinn is 62 years old.
2: Okay, so he's older than you but younger than me. Yes. And, um, you know, he had a completely asymptomatic infection. I just probably found it because he had to do a swab for this, that, or the other. So uh, that's the value of h- cellular immunity. But, yeah. Um, we know that coronavirus antibodies, for whatever reason, fade over time. That's why you can get colds over and over and over again, because a lot of them are coronaviruses. Yep. So one thing that's going to be interesting going down the pike is now that we're testing for coronaviruses, because we never did before, we didn't give a shit, um, we we estimated about 10,000 people every year died from coronavirus infections but they were just listed as atypical pneumonia or viral pneumonia, and then nobody ever tested to see what it was. Now they're going to, and we'll we'll get to see how much of a villain the quote unquote good coronaviruses are.
1: Yeah, I actually had a patient uh, who had undergone a bone marrow transplant and, uh, this was just at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic oh, and yeah. us really being able to test for it, uh, at the hospital. You know, we do that 21 viral respiratory mm-hmm. panel where mm-hmm. we check for the 21 most common viruses that could cause a problem. And so, uh, Anyway, had a patient with a viral myocarditis that was a different coronavirus, but...
2: Okay, tell me what myocarditis uh, is.
1: Inflammation of the heart muscle. There you go. Yeah. So, a young lady with chest pain. Give yourself a bill! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, young lady with chest pain and a runny nose. Uh, So, Mm -hmm. anyway, very interesting. Fortunately, uh, she survived, but... Yeah.
2: uh, Good. You know, respiratory syncytial virus is one that causes colds in adults, and it almost, well... There was the potential for it to kill my kid. He got it when he was five days old, had a temp of 105 Oops. as a five day old. But, and I'm going to, th- this is, we're just all over the place today. Um, his life and his lungs were saved because a lot of kids that get it that young have asthma later on or they have pulmonary problems. And the, the nurses where we took him said, We don't even know if he's going to survive. We, gotta, we have to tell you this. And uh, but he just sailed through it. You know why? Because my wife gave it to him.
1: Uh, and with breast, but she she was breastfeeding. Yeah,
2: yeah, and she gave. So she gave it to him on the one hand, but then gave him the antibodies on the other hand. So you know, she almost did him in, but then she saved his life. So we'll go with the second thing. They found
1: the uh, COVID nineteen antibodies. Right?
2: People breastfeed your kids. It's cool. Yeah, even if it's just for a short period of time, if you can. No, a little bit. No um, um, no judgment if you can't. Not everybody can, as, as PA Lydia said. But uh, if you can, do, because there are tangible benefits. But anyway, what were you going to say?
1: I was just, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot about breast milk and the COVID-19 antibodies. Yeah. Yeah, so.
2: yeah, of course. Makes sense. Those IgA antibodies, that's the ones we don't hear about. You hear about um, IgM and IgG, but IgA antibodies are in breast milk and they're secretory, you know, uh, antibodies and uh, yeah they 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 do things
1: I wonder if anybody's trying to purchase it
2: ooh, oh,
1: for consumption
0: mm. hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: very interesting, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, but that's an Dr. excellent State. question <laughs> excellent question we gotta get on
3: that, Scott it's yeah, a new business <laughs> new business model.
2: so um. Tracy from Louisiana sent us a bunch of stories, and I know each one of you brought a Halloween-themed weird medical story. And I have one about the bloody truth about vampires. But uh, Dr. Lydia, since you're the guest, you can—
1: Per uh, regulations, correct you, P.A. Lydia. Sorry,
2: P.A. Lydia. Um, Thank you. Thank you very much. Give Give yourself a bill! um if you you since you're a guest you can either choose to go first or you can choose to go some at, at you know some
0: other point uh, of the show.
1: you know i'm not normally one to go first but i will let you guys bring the the rear uh because it sounds like if you're talking about vampires uh, okay. my ending would be a letdown okay what so do you got? uh okay i'm in oncology mm-hmm. that's my primary focus hematology and oncology Excellent. and so uh, I, and I don't like gross uh, things I don't have like a big vat of gross things I tried to read about when people used to ingest mummies back in the 16th century yeah, very but tasty. Uh, anyway ended up thinking about this one Is really mummies good mummy's kind
2: of dry
1: It's <laughs> so anyway, <sorry>. mummy <laughs> uh, so yeah there was a, a pretty cool oncology story that I thought was a little bit funny for Halloween so okay. dude in, I hope uh, it's as
2: funny as the last story uh, yeah Uh <laughs> uh,
1: Yeah, I. (laughs) I won't be back on the comedy show. No, you're fine. Uh, fine. I know. So, dude uh, in Colombia with HIV, so human immunodeficiency virus. (laughs) Uh, okay. What? No, yeah. It's, this just, is... it's just hilarious, right? Right, right, Yeah, right. And, and not adherent to therapy, so he's not on his antiretroviral. Okay. So super immune-compromised, presents with a lot of lung uh, masses and some cir- uh, lymph nodes in the neck, yes. lymph nodes throughout the belly. Uh, anyway, it looks like he has metastatic cancer, right? Sure. So eventually, uh, through several biopsies, uh, they uh, found that he had cancer from a tapeworm.
3: What?
2: Yeah. So, uh so,
1: oh. Uh oh.
3: The worms. The worms.
1: Yeah. So, dude had presented uh, with some fever and weight loss, and they found tapeworm eggs in a stool on their check. Oh. And so, uh, what did uh, ultimately, uh, you know, they did the biopsy of these tumors and they saw these. Crazy cells that looked malignant but were 10 times smaller than human cells. Yeah. uh, Did not appear human. So they
2: were tapeworm eggs? No, no,
1: they were cancer. So the tapeworm inside this dude, so the tapeworm had lived and grown inside this dude for so long that it uh, had developed cancer and the cancer spread to the dude.
2: Because of his compromised immune system, exactly. So it was actually the tapeworm Holy developed shit. cancer, right. And then those cells it colonized. To, oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. I've never that's I've never heard Pretty of a cool, zoonotic. Right? That would be a zoonotic metastasis. Never heard of this. Yeah, before.
1: New England Journal of Medicine, 2015.
2: Yep. Here we go. Tapeworm spreads deadly cancer to human. A parasite it, with cancer infected a man. And the tumor cells jumped across the species line. Holy Talk moly. That's a
3: bad fucking luck. That's a bad luck.
1: A lot of people have tapeworms too. Yeah, I know. I think like 75,000 people a year. More than you think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, people you used would to know. To yep.
0: Take
2: tapeworms to try to lose weight. Yeah. What I want everyone to do, um, since this is Halloween, two things Google image a tapeworm. It's. Really, just imagine that thing up in your colon, just eating your fecal matter and you know nutrients out of your uh, out of your uh, intestines. And then uh, I want you then to because that, if that isn't gross enough, Google ascaris a s c a r i s. Doctor Scott, you may want to do that um, just for fun. Mm. And uh, if you find the right thing, what'll happen? A- ascaris are round worms. And when you get enough of them, you'll eventually uh, expel them through your rectum, and you'll have this giant mass of worms uh, coming out of your rectum. And uh, I used to be <laughs> in a grindcore band called Ass Maggot, and that was the, <laughs> that was the image on our CD <laughs> it was this poor guy with these Ascaris lumbricoides or whatever uh, worms coming out of his mm-hmm. rectum. It's horrible. So I sometimes I go on shows that do video, and when I do, um, the, my only thing that's any fun, because I'm not a funny person, is to have them start Google imaging stuff until they puke.
1: Good tactic. Yeah.
2: yeah. My other favorite one is oral myiasis, and I'm, I'm sure you know what that is, but it's uh, uh, maggots growing in, in the uh, oral cavity, and that's pretty disgusting, usually because someone hadn't brushed their teeth in the last 100 years. But anyway, yeah, that is a fascinating damn story, and I'm going to give you give yourself a bill. Thank the you. third one of those. You can only get Thank three you. per show. That was that's fascinating. Never in my career heard of something like that. That's a good one. Oh, that poor bastard.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, and he died. Uh, they 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 figured it out through DNA uh, sequencing about 72 hours before he died. But he also had a fungal infection, so they gave him amphotericin B. Ant, the terrible bee. Yeah, the terrible antifungal. It uh, is. uh shut his kidneys down, and then.
2: Uh, oh my God! Then they ended up goner. killing him. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It died seventy-two hours after researchers determined that the tumors were called by H. Nana. So yeah, the uh, species was, what's what's the okay okay Hymenolepsis, no, Hymenolepis nana, so, oh. well that's yeah, something that's I'm a sure. good one that's a really good one uh now i don't even want to do mine
3: no me either that was
2: <laughs> we we're not gonna be Wrap able to top that. I take that's all the time. time yeah that was a good
3: one no way just that was we're not gonna be able to beat that what have you what have you got no you know something i found was that the soldier in 1782 that was that was doing a um well wound up being like a lithotripsy on himself um he what? was he was having, <laughs> he was having excruciating pain in his bladder, and they they thought it was bladder stones. Yeah. So 12 times a day, he performed this this operation on himself. It doesn't say exactly how he did it, but he was sticking a long, wired, uh, wax-coated catheter um, through his penis up into his bladder, I guess, to try to get rid of some of those stones and kind of fish them out. Did it 12 times a day for a couple of months. Okay. And um, then what happened? And evidently, he did... He did pretty well. I th- they said he developed quite a uh, an infection, but I guess he passed the stones. And all I could think about was you and I both having the modern version of that. And
2: Well, it's good that they put wax on it. Yeah, you know, you know, at, at least to it make could, it a little slick. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. actually pretty sharp. Well, this was... When was this? 1782. That's well, not bad. That sounds more humane than what they did to us. Yeah, no shit. They just took that thing and just jammed Cranted. it up there. And then and, and it, what they do, uh, uh, P.A. Lydia, is they um, – they it's hard – listen, I know there's a lot of stuff that women go through that men can't understand, but this is one of those other things. There's not very many of them, but this is one of them. And um, they take this this fiber optic scope. And then they put anesthetic jelly on it and then just cram it up your urethra. And, uh, you know, all and that... And
3: fuss at you if you wiggle or something. Yeah, all that jelly
2: or, does mm-hmm. is make them feel better. It does absolutely nothing yeah. for us. Now, didn't we have somebody call us that told... I talked to a urologist recently. Oh, no, I haven't talked to... Um, and they said that they do it differently now. I that they actually, whole, Hell, fire. They actually instill the gel in your penis ahead of time and then wait 10 minutes and then do it okay and then that might work Mm -hmm. although
1: is it it that much bigger than like getting a calf like a straight calf
2: it's actually the the tube itself is smaller but it's got longer to go if you
3: know what i mean
0: for most
2: of us and much
3: less flexible too. the
0: the camera
3: end is yeah they get yeah yeah rigid yeah it's an
2: endoscope okay. and it has yeah. to pass through like yeah, the prostate
1: yeah. area yeah. Oh,
3: yeah,
2: yeah 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 it just felt like I, yeah. I had like someone had just dragged razor blades through my urethra. Oh. Hmm. yes and then when they're
3: telling you not to move not to move and
2: yeah anyone that needs to have this we, we, ask
3: them if they have alternatives <laughs> yeah ask them if they have well, laughing yeah. gas but or... i mean
2: we talk about <laughs> it and we laugh about it because it's over and yeah. so, i mean it wasn't it wasn't the worst pain i've ever had it just was kind of it seemed unnecessary that it'd be that uncomfortable
3: <laughs> but like I don't not have it because exactly, of us. we're just being silly it's a very important i test. would do it again it's a very important test it's just one would think there would be an easier way to do it yeah well I, sp- speaking of such
2: and then we'll get back to your story are you, are you done with your story yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I, can, I like that they put wax around it, though. At least they were trying to do something. Wax eloquent on their... <laughs> <little laughs> oh, no.
3: um,
2: First move of the day. A 43-year-old man in South Australia was the focus of a case reported in the British uh, Medical Journal after he developed calciphylaxis of the penis. Oh, boy, which led to a case of penile gangrene. Now, I'll tell you what calciphylaxis is. This occurs when calcium accumulates in the small blood vessels of the fat and skin tissues. And what it does is it just kills the skin. You'll see people sometimes with um, end-stage kidney failure that will get calciphylaxis, And it'll look like um, you took, I don't know, uh, they're just sort of scooped out really dark, black, depressed, uh, well-demarcated areas on the skin, usually where there's fat. So the thighs, the abdomen, that kind of place. And um, so anyway, this guy, uh, he had the, the doctors had no choice but to leave him with a penile stump after the tip of his penis was removed. So that's um, kind of a nightmarish story. I wish I had the scary music. I might add it on later to the show itself. Um, let's see here. Um, oh, uh, I thought that was going to be more than it was. Sorry about that. that, was, that <laughs> I was, was so thinking,
0: terrible. well, they make we prosthesis. Let him, we should let him uh, go first. Right? Yeah. <laughs>
2: no, well, the, there's no prosthesis when they actually have to chop your penis off and sure. leave you with a stomp. So. so I was just going to talk real briefly about uh, vampires. The blood sucking vampires.
3: Ow ow ow
2: scary kids. Okay, never mind, sorry. So um <laughs> Um There so myths like vampires come from something. Mm-hmm. And particularly in the dark ages, the Middle Ages, and even after the Renaissance, people are terrified of death, but they're also afraid of of people, uh, you, you know, um, because they're afraid of death, they there are a lot of myths and uh, um, misconceptions that arise. So, if you dig someone up after they've died, but before they've just completely become a skeleton, you will see some things that would freak you out if you didn't know anything about physiology. And one of those is this myth that fingernails grow. They don't, okay? Fingernails do not grow after you're dead. What happens is the cuticles retract, so it looks like they do. And if you are very superstitious, and then there's this thing called, um, let me see, uh, let me see if I can find it here. Uh, Now I can't think of the... Uh, when you die, you purge. Okay, so there's this sort of oral purge where, where um, uh, fluids from the stomach and other places as the, as the body digests itself will come out of the mouth. Mm-hmm. So it will look like blood on the mouth, and so now, and then the gums have retracted, so the teeth look bigger, and then you've got blood on the mouth, and you've got these big, long fingernails, and it looks like, oh, God, I dug this person up, and they've been getting, you know, coming out of their grave in the middle of the night and uh, terrorizing our community. And particularly when you don't know what causes disease and you don't know what causes cholera or other, you know, issues – you start making stuff up, and uh, that's where the the um, myth of the vampire came from. They found a skull recently that was buried in it looks like the fourteen hundred something like that that uh, they'd put a brick in its mouth, and that supposedly was to stop it from being able to eat people
1: wow was that in yeah. transylvania or? yeah
2: no i let me see where that was it was somewhere in Europe it says um Vampire scares tended to coincide with outbreaks of the plague. In 2006, archaeologists unearthed a 16th-century skull in Venice, Italy that had been buried among plague victims with a brick in its mouth. The brick was likely a burial tactic to prevent strega, which are Italian vampires or witches, from leaving the grave to eat people. Now, they said not all vampires were thought to physically leave their grave in northern Germany, Oh, boy, I don't, know, I don't know any German. The Nachzerer, or that would be nighttime devourers or after devourers, I guess, stayed in the ground chewing on their burial shrouds. Well, who cares? Yeah. Just let them, let them all, chew. Yeah. That's so all they're chewing on. They're just yeah. slipping little twicks, cheek and gum. There you Again, go. this belief likely has to do with purge fluid, which could cause the shroud to sag or tear, creating the illusion that a corpse had been chewing it. Anyway, these stationary masticators were still thought to cause trouble above ground were also believed to be most active during outbreaks of of the plague. At least they were blaming dead people and weren't blaming exactly. poor, you know, women running around, you know, that were live, you know, herbalists and stuff trying <laughs> to sure. help people. Witches. And then whenever something bad happened, they
3: just go kill them. Yeah, the which is
2: And in the ni- 1679 tract on the chewing dead, Oh, that's great. we got to name a song on the chewing dead. A Protestant theologian accused the Nachzer of harming their surviving family members through occult processes. He wrote that people could stop them by exhuming the body and stuffing its mouth with soil and maybe a stone or a coin for good measure. These poor bastards had the misfortune of being born then. And then died probably a horrible death. And then now you know it's not enough. They got to dig them up and put you know rocks put in rocks, rocks in their mouth. <laughs> Without the ability to chew, the tract claimed the corpse would die of starvation. They're already dead, you dumbass. <laughs> Tales of oh wait here let's do this. <laughs> Tales of vampires continue to flourish in southern and eastern European nations in the 17th and, this isn't any good, and 18th centuries to the chagrin of some leaders. By the mid-18th century, Pope Benedict 14th declared that vampires were fallacious fictions of human fantasy. I'm going to give him one of these. Thank you, sir. You know... Um, I'm going to give the um, the Catholic Church some cre- a lot of credit because after the whole Galileo uh, f- fiasco, they really have been supporters of science. Sure. Um, and uh, you know the the Vatican astronomy program is is you know very vigorous and you know they're they're dedicated to just finding out the science because you know to their thinking the heavens declare the glory of God, so it's, you know, out there to be discovered. Worth checking out. Yeah, worth checking out, that's right. <laughs> we ought to check all that out. <laughs> well, anyway, all right, you got anything, Dr., uh, you got anything else, Dr. Scott? We could probably take some questions.
3: Um, I did see something really cool that, that just popped up today. It's kind of Halloweenish. Um, The scientists took first steps towards uh, pig-to-human kidney transplants. Oh, yeah, just literally, I just saw it today. Oh, um, so what they did, they took a a, um, a family that had unfortunately a a, um, a female that was was um, brain dead. Okay, and with their permission, they took a kidney. She was a renal failure. They took a kidney from a um, from a pig and put it on her on her leg. Yes, on the outside. Yeah, in yeah, in yeah, so, yeah. yeah That's cycle. how they did there. the first kidney
2: transplant. Yeah.
3: So, but the, yeah, that's how they did it with a pig, and, and they said for fifty four hours it worked perfectly. It, w- it did not reject it immediately um, and worked perfectly well. So wow. that, that's kind of cool. So
2: they used a person who was brain dead Yep, yep. to do this because you wouldn't want – it's hard to get – I mean, it's probably not even ethical to do it on a human, even a volunteer. Yeah,
3: even someone that desperately needs it. That's interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: Why did it stop at 54 hours? Is
2: that's there? probably the term of the experiment would
1: be my guess. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I, I didn't read the whole thing, but that would be my guess, too. Um, because now things. it would
2: become start becoming unethical if you mm-hmm. just went on and on and on. You were keeping them alive just alive. to yeah. see if this stupid pig kidney would right. survive. Yeah, they just had you to know. see if
3: it, was, if it was viable at all. But the, the good news is it did not reject it immediately. And the, the other good news was it worked. So they had
2: to give them some sort of drug. Yeah. Andy, did it say what anti-rejection drug they used? Was it a new one, or was it just a one that we've used for years, like Cellcept or something? Let me like look that.
3: down here see if they see if they say anything. Yeah, we, um,
2: Lydia did more show prep than we did today, so that's not I'm true. very impressed. No, I found no, I know, I'm just saying blub, blub it's it. not, hey, it's not gotta, a cut. I'm gotta, saying it about myself too. <laughs> well,
3: her, in all fairness, her her stories were way more interesting. Than yeah, ours. they really were. <laughs> so so thanks, Lydia. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, cool. But now we're um Nothing. Uh, nah, nothing. Doesn't nah. say. Okay. Oh, wait, no. Here we go, Dr. Steve. Yep, you're right. Yep. No, yeah. no. We'll get hellfire, Junior. <laughs> well. <laughs> hellfire. I'm reading as fast again. I know it. Revisit. <laughs> uh, we'll <laughs> be here <laughs> till next week at that rate, then. All right. I'm oh, um, back. Oh, uh, well. Lydia, no, I hope just you're not busy us. next week at 3 o'clock. Hey, um, Revivicore. Revivicor? I don't know what that is. Um, You ever heard of that
2: no,
1: one? No, I um, still use Cell Yep.
2: Okay, Revivicor—the technology of regenerative medicine. I don't think that's it. Yeah,
3: that's the closest thing I get. While well, you're raising hell at me for not <laughs> wow. show prepping,
2: curing human disease through regenerative medicine. I don't know, but there's a pig on here.
3: Yeah, there's a pig
2: on their website. It's a cute website. pig. It is cute. It's Arnold Ziffel.
3: So do you get? You reckon they get the bacon first, and then the kidney, or the? <laughs> okay,
2: um, that's a reasonable question. Yeah, I don't know. This yeah. is interesting. It's got pigs all over this thing. I think that's what they're doing is they're trying to – because, look, it—it it is really hard to get human donors for things. Mm-hmm. And we're always begging – well, not begging, but we're, you know, you know kind of almost – Uh, really uh, trying to work the system to get people to be donors and then you're waiting Mm -hmm. and then someone has to be viable but brain dead at the same time and there's just a lot going on trying to get donors. You know, there's still, PETA would be pissed if if we started harvesting pigs for their organs, Mm -hmm. for organ transplants. But we're harvesting pigs for, as Dr. Scott Mm -hmm. so aptly noted, bacon, So this would be at least a you know a better use of their organs, and who eats pig kidneys anyway? I was going to say
1: I've never seen pig kidney. No, no thank not unless
2: you, you not unless you've eaten a hot dog, I would say Might probably have to <laughs> raise them
1: without growth hormones or something. Yeah, yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> there are some interesting sausages out there that have all kinds of things. And we haven't talked about souse meat in a long time yeah. on this show. Uh, if you do not know what souse meat is, and you're not from the south. Mm-hmm. And and there is a subset of Southerners who don't know what it is. Just Google it.
1: That's me. Yeah, I'm y- from Georgia. I've never heard of that. You, oh, you don't know what it is? No. Is it penis or something? No.
2: Well, it, you're close. Um, <laughs> so the ing- souse meat is meat from pigs that is encased in gelatin. And then they throw some spices and like... Um, like It looks like little pimentos or something. Like head there, cheese almost? Sort of. Okay. And um, maybe, it, de- it depends on what your definition of head cheese is, but when you read the ins- the ingredients, it'll say pork snouts, pork lips, pork tails. And one time I picked up a package of souse meat. It had a circular piece of meat in it with two <laughs> little circular holes in it. It was a perfect cross-section of some poor pig's nose. <laughs> so Sousy. Yeah. Oh my Man. goodness. So anyway, so um, yeah, that's very interesting. I think it is Revivicor because their website is just covered with pig stuff. So that's interesting. That'd be cool, though. Yeah. yeah. And oh, look, if we could have a ready source. I mean, our our goal is to be able to grow organs in the
0: lab. Sure. Mm-hmm.
2: But if we can have a ready source of viable organs that we can do, kidneys, maybe even hearts, stuff like that. Pigs are very similar to us. To the point, do you, did you dissect a fetal pig when you were um, in PA school? Uh, no, anatomy? it was a human. High school? okay, high school. It was a human.
1: Did
3: you do it in high school? Well, you had a
2: human.
1: Yeah. Uh, we did not do a fetal pig. You didn't pig. do a hu- no. fetal
2: human. You did a human. I That's did a what, human, Yeah, not a fetal human. <laughs> yeah, so we had fetal <laughs> pigs. We also had humans. Yeah. We Good. had fetal pigs, too,
3: yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. interesting.
2: No. Okay, well, let's do at least one phone call, for goodness sake. Um, Let us see. Do I have a weird one? No, I do have a Dr. Scott Malarkey question. You want to do that one, Scott? Sure. Okay, let's
3: do it. How challenging is it?
0: Hi, Dr. Steve. Dr. Scott. <laughs> it's Tony from Ohio. How are you guys? Hey,
2: Tony. We're great. Awesome.
0: Thanks. Good. Good, I'm not too shabby either. Good. I have a question that's probably more of Dr. Scott's alley, and it's about Chinese medicine. I watch these uh, ASMR videos quite often. I notice there's some kind of diagnostic technique where the doctor uses this dull instrument to press on a certain area of a person's ear. And when they do that, they can figure out if they have a foot issue, an ankle issue, something in their spine, or you know, if, if he or she has problems internally. I guess my question is, how can one diagnose these issues just by pressing on that person's ear, like on their earlobe or the inner ear? It's it's really interesting, and I'm fascinated by it. How is that? And would you recommend acupuncture if you know I, I ever have some of those kind of issues? I appreciate it, and thank you so much. And uh, keep up the great work during all the COVID bullshit. Okay, hey, thanks, man. Cool.
2: Oh, that's a really interesting question. Yeah. Uh, before you answer, I'll tell people a couple of things about you. Okay. Number one, Dr. Scott, is uh, he practices what we call complementary medicine as opposed to, quote-unquote, alternative medicine in the sense that he complements what we do. So uh, he and I uh, worked together in a small rural community, and all the patients that I saw that I couldn't figure out what the hell they had, but they felt bad, I'd send them to Dr. Scott, and he would make some what we would call some god awful, you know, cra- you know, <laughs> diagnosis, you know, their third pulse is in the is in mercury or whatever, but, mm-hmm. um, but they would come back and they would always feel better, mm-hmm. and that's all I cared about at that point because I'd ruled out all the stuff that was going to kill them. Mm-hmm. and Doctor Scott will, and I'm, I know you'll say this, but they may not believe it if you say it, but he. He'll be the first to tell you, look, if you've got metastatic cancer, go to the oncologist and get that treated. Come back and see me for, the, I mean, see Dr. Scott for the nausea and all, you know, the fatigue yeah. and all that kind of the stuff. But get, the, you so know, it. but anyway, so yeah. So, uh, oh, and the other thing is, the one time I went to Scott, um, it was a pretty transformative experience, to be honest with you. He checked my pulse, and they have more than one pulse that they can detect. Um, don't understand that one. Mm-hmm. But he could tell. He said, oh, you're constipated. And it's like, you know, hell, that is true. Now, mm-hmm. of course, in, uh, the, in the United States, it's sort of like cold reading. If you say, oh, you're constipated, 60%, 70% of the time people are going to go, wow, that's sure. awesome. But sure. It, sure. it really was true. And uh, But Dr. Scott also, um, I mean, he said it with such definitive knowledge. And then, um, you know, He gets you laying down and, um, you know, starts to, um, I don't know, you know, rub on you a little bit and uh, talk nice and soft in your ear. No, he was doing, um, uh, you're putting the needles in, and then they turn out the lights and start playing the spa music, and you can't help but relax. So mm-hmm.
3: that's always going to be good for you. Yeah, there's a huge you know. placebo effect. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I'm not even yeah, saying yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, well, yeah. But I, that's part <laughs> I'm of. I'm saying them. it's good for yeah, you. Yeah, it, and it's it is good for you. But you know the um. But anyway, so uh, yeah, the pulse. Go ahead. Yeah, the pulse thing. The pulse thing is interesting. We, you know, we, we do do a lot of diagnostic stuff with pulse readings. It's a whole another. It's a whole another show topic. Um. But what this guy is talking about, Doctor Steve, is a thing called a point locator. Okay. And it's a little it's a little machine. Oftentimes it's battery operated or sometimes they'll have it they'll have it wired into a hardwired into to a machine mm-hmm. and it and it just measures electric electrical conductivity. Okay. So it'll show increase increased activity in certain certain points. Okay. Through the skin. And that's I mean this is you know Electronically and technologically, you're 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 far more adept at This stuff, but what they'll do is they'll poke around and they'll find where there's there's a greater, um, you know, resistance on yeah. the, on this on this on this probe, and that tells you where to put the needles. Sometimes it's on
2: the helix of the ear. They do so you go you, all you, over you, the. Helix? You do it all over the body. Oh, um, do it
3: all over the body. Yeah. Okay. And it, it, so what this guy's describing is is when they do it on the ear, and the ear is intru- interesting because there there are some really. Beneficial um, terminal branches oh, absolutely nervous yeah to to the ears, and just really quickly, the one that I use the most is is a vagus nerve stimulator, yeah, so if i 've got someone with you know vagus nerve issues or, or well, set overstim- people go,
2: well well, the vagus nerves in the body how does it, how yeah. do how do you get that in the ear, but there is a terminal branch yeah. that 's in the helix of the ear, you know the the part of the ear that
3: you make fun of when people have ears, big ears. <laughs> that's right, and and that's kind of why why some people use those probes. And I actually had a a, a lady not too long ago ask me if I used it to identify yeah. spots because she'd had really good success in a, in a weight loss program where they identified it with these, with these with these with these these locators and then put the needles in these exact spots. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's there there. I would say if, if you you're, can
2: stimulate the vagus nerve in the ear, yep, with a and you opinion. can shut down. Uh, a thing called claudication from, and claudication is when you have pain when you exercise, Mm -hmm. uh, from a thing called peripheral neuropathy. This has been demonstrated. Mm -hmm. And peripheral, uh, not peripheral neuropathy, sorry, peripheral vascular disease. So people who have poor circulation and they don't get enough uh, blood to their um, to their muscles when they exercise because there's increased demand mm-hmm. and the the muscles will start to cramp up yep, yep. and because you can actually pain, yeah. m- make that better by stimulating that branch of the vagus nerve it's not really the vagus nerve anymore but the nerve that you know is connected to the vagus nerve that's in right. the ear oh. right yeah
3: and i'll use it a lot a lot of times it's, if can some, get medicare to pay for it it'd yeah. be great yeah. i'll use it a lot of times for uh, that vagus nerve point for for gag reflexes if somebody didn't love going to the dentist and um so yeah the, yeah the, What the, this, this is a great question and uh yes that it is a tool that we use and yes it does work so. yeah. yeah well the
2: Okay. It's yeah. a tool that you use, whether it works or not. Oh, here but, we go. But there are. <laughs> here we go. I just don't. I'm going
3: to bring it over and stick, see if I can okay. put any, any electrical points in your noggin. <laughs> Let's after, see if there's uh, any activity in, any in COVID, there. Your COVID brain. I just got muddy water in there. <laughs>
2: well, listen, uh, thanks g- always goes to Dr. Scott. Thank you, uh, PA Lydia. And uh, go ahead and plug uh, the – let me see if I can get it right this time. No, I'm, I keep wanting to say Project Argo, but it's Task Force Argo.
0: Yeah. Yay. Okay, yes. I'll give myself mm-hmm. one. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. Give yourself a bill. All right,
2: taskforceargo.com. Sure. And uh, donate if you are, can get involved, get involved. If you are a uh, an attorney, an immigration attorney particularly, that doesn't mind doing a little pro bono work to really do something good for somebody, uh, give them a shout. So anyway, thanks for coming.
1: Thank you guys. Thank all you. Right.
2: And uh, we can't forget, and actually all of your stories were better than ours and you did show prep and we didn't. So, <laughs> you know, show off. <laughs> we can never have you back again. That's what again. do. You know? <laughs> 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 that is true. I think you're right. We can't forget Rob Sprance, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teft, That Gould Girl, Louis Johnson, Paul Offcharski, Chowdy 1008, Eric Nagel, the Port Charlotte Whore, uh, P.A. Lydia, uh, the Saratoga, not that I'm calling you that, That's. I'm just saying we have a listener called the Port Charlotte Whore, the Saratoga Skank, Roland Campos, sister of Chris, Sam Roberts, she who owns Pigs and Snakes, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Cardiff Electric, uh, Matt Kleinschmidt, Dale Dudley, Holly from the Gulf, Steve Tucci times three, the great Rob Bartlett, Vic's Nether Fluids, Carl's Deviated Septum, uh, Jen's uh, Wacky Husband, and um, Casey's uh, Wet T-Shirt, Bernie and Sid, Martha from Arkansas's Daughter, Ron Bennington, and Fez Watley, the great dear departed Fez Watley who we will never forget whose support of this show has never gone unappreciated. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, On Demand, and other times at Jim McClure's Pleasure. And many thanks to our listeners, whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Thank you, P.A. Lydia.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
2: Not you.